Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay. Oh, this is a great uh, show where we talk about world soccer, O Jogo Bonito do Mundo, uh, the beautiful game of the world. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot this week. Uh, we've got so much going on, and so we're going to get right to it. Um, first of all, I guess the, the thing we need to get to the most are the coaching changes going on in and around football in Europe. Frank Lampard, yeah, the guy who played at Chelsea and then was hired as their coach, and everybody thought this was a dream uh, come true, and this was going to be a great situation, and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Frank Lampard got given his walking papers on Monday the 25th. That's correct. Uh, Frank Lampard no longer at Chelsea. Uh, he is out the door, and Thomas Tuchel, know that name? Have you heard that name? Of course you have. Thomas Tuchel will be taking over at uh, Chelsea. Tuchel, of course, let go at PSG just about, what, about a week ago or so. And so uh, he'll be filling in. So we'll see how that goes. Now, the thing I'm worried about, and I know that uh, uh, Greg Barkholder there at the USMNT is uh, looking at also is uh, Christian Plissick and how this is going to affect his playing time. Uh, hopefully, Tuchel isn't going to come in there with too drastic a change and uh, move everything around because Plissick has been doing very well in that center midfielder position for uh, Chelsea. And uh, Lampard, of course, was a big fan of his and really liked what he was doing. And everybody in Europe uh, was uh, noticing what he was doing as well. So hopefully uh, Christian Pulisic won't be affected too much by this change at Chelsea. Again, Frank Lampard out with the Blues. Um, talking about other uh, coaching changes, uh, Hertha Berlin down there in the Bundesliga played Wolfsburg uh, this past weekend. And, or rather, they played Werder Bremen, excuse me, played Werder Bremen and lost 4-1. to one. And uh, with that loss, that was the end of the coaching career of Bruno Labadia there at Hertha Berlin. And also the director of sport, Michael Preetz, was given his walking papers at the same time. So uh, kind of a clearing out there at the upper echelon there for Hertha Berlin. Now, uh, Arnie Friedrich is going to take over as the interim coach for the next few days. Uh, Hertha Berlin is indicating that they're going to name a, a replacement here in the next few days for um, Labadia. So we'll see how that goes. But Hertha Berlin had teetering on the uh, on the relegation part of the table there at the Bundesliga. They're about uh, four or five points clear, but, you know, that's too close for comfort. And Hertha Berlin is a storied franchise, and you'd like to see them a lot farther up. And I'm sure the uh, fans of Hertha Berlin, too, would like to see their club a lot farther up in the Bundesliga table. So at that point, uh, we have Frank uh, uh, Labadia gone there at uh, Hertha Berlin, and uh, so we'll see who his uh, replacement is in the next few days. Now, also, um, the national team of Poland is going to apparently make quite a splash uh, to get into the World Cup. Uh, the Polish Football Federation has decided to really uh, go out on a limb here and get somebody in there that apparently they feel can really get the team elevated and get them into a situation where they are really seen uh, on the national level or international level. So what they've done is they've sacked Jerzy Brzezicek who was the uh, national coach of the Polish team. And he was doing a somewhat a very good job. I was watching watch Poland play a while back, and I was very impressed with the ball movement and the way they were getting the ball into the attack zone. So they brought in, boy, this guy, he's been around Europe for a while, Paulo Sosa. Yeah, Paulo Sosa from Portugal is going to uh, coach the, the uh, Polish national team. Um, let's see what, what how this goes. Uh, Sosa is quite the strategist. Uh, I remember seeing some of his games that he has coached uh, in the past, and his teams do very, very well. They're very disciplined. And uh, he was last coaching at Bordeaux there in Ligue 1 and uh, did a very good job. So we'll see where this goes. Now, 
just a kind of an interesting note, Paulo Sousa and the head coach of the Portuguese national team, Suarez, are good friends. So if Poland plays Portugal in the World Cup, <laughs> that's going to be a dream game to watch if you're a soccer purist, okay? If you like to see strategy, if you like to see uh, X's and O's moved about the field, uh, you're going to like a game against you know Poland against Portugal because those two coaches really know where to put everybody and how to move the ball. Uh, that would be I'd be that'd be a matchup to really uh, to really uh, take take notes about. So uh, we'll see where this goes. Paulo Sousa now the coach of the Poland national team, and uh, those are the three um, coaching changes we have to tell you at this point. Uh, let's uh, look at some signings that are going on now around Europe. Man United has signed Ahmad Diallo. Uh, he has come from Atalanta there in uh, the Serie A. It's a four-and-a-half-year deal to play at Man United. This guy is from Cote d'Ivoire. And when I say he is good, he is good. Uh, he's got speed. He's got good ball handling. And he's good head on his shoulders on where to put the ball when it needs to go. So Cote d'Ivoire, Ahmad Diallo. Now, <laughs> I say Cote d'Ivoire. Tell you what, Cote d'Ivoire, Cameroon, Nigeria. Those are the three that I'm looking for in the World Cup that are probably going to do something. Do something major, okay? And so I like this signing by Man United, uh, Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, Ahmad Diallo going there. Uh, he's going to help uh, Man United uh, at this point. Now, by the way, speaking of Man United and speaking of coaching changes, it was about, what, three or four weeks ago, I was hearing a lot of rumbling, and yes, a lot of capital G grumbling about uh, the coach of Man United, Old Gunner. Now, a lot of people were starting to talk about, well, we could, you know, replace Old Gunner with this person and replace Old Gunner with this person. And, uh, you know, Man United was, you know, about what, about four or five in the table there in the EPL. And people were getting a little uh, uh, antsy, you might say, regarding, you know, the lady in the third row along with her, what, is that your husband or your boyfriend? Oh, your boyfriend? Okay. Yeah. And you're all both Man United fans, correct? Right. Okay. Yeah. Your, your uh, boyfriend's blushing. Okay. Behind his mask there. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and a lot of people were guilty of this of uh, that old gunner was not doing a good job, okay, that uh, Man United was not responding to him and was not doing anything. Well, have you looked at the standings of the EPL lately? Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, let me know what you think because uh, quite, a, quite a surprise there, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Anyway, so we'll get to the standings there in a little bit here in the show as uh, we move on, uh, as we always do. But uh, old gunner's doing quite, quite a job. And this signing of Ahmad Diallo, it's going to help that team uh, even more. They're going to make them more dangerous, okay? Because uh, Ahmad Diallo can fly like the wind. Okay, Paul Pogba there at Man United. Is he headed to Juventus or PSG? Hmm. Boy, there's some heavyweights, right? And, uh, of course, the money is going to be unbelievable. And Pochettino there, you know, the new coach at PSG. Yeah, he's made uh, Pogba his number one priority to sign. So we'll see what happens. Pogba, of course, would be just happy, I think, very, very happy to go to PSG because, of course, that's his native uh, country. So uh, he would be he would love to return to La France, uh, for sure, to play for some, some soccer. Jesse Lingard there at U, uh, Man United, looking to go to Sheffield United or Nice. Uh, that would be quite a move. Jesse Lingard could help Nice tremendously, I think. Uh, Lingard would be a great uh, shot in the arm for that team down there in southern France. Juan Mata. Uh, his time at Man United is ending, unfortunately. Juan Mata, great player. Uh, he's headed for Valencia there on the uh, east coast of Spain. Uh, so we'll see uh, how much he signs for and when he starts playing. Goalkeeper Sergio Romero, 
looking to be headed back to his native Argentina. And guess where he might be going? Well, he's not going to go with any just any team. Oh, no, 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 no. Sergio Romero is going to go with Boca Juniors. Yeah, the best, okay? So um, probably going to sign there with Boca Juniors and play out his career there in Argentina, his native land. Okay, 25-year-old Brazilian William. Now, I'm, now you know there's, there's a uh, player from Brazil at Chelsea named William. His name ends with an N. Okay, this is William I'm talking about, 25-year-old Brazilian who plays for Wolfsburg in the Bundesliga. Um, he is headed to Schalke. Now, of course, you know, Schalke's had their problems. They're down in the bottom of the Bundesliga, and, you know, they're trying to get themselves straightened out, and they've got a new coach, and so they're trying to do something. So uh, William is going to be headed to Schalke uh, from Wolfsburg, and it's a six-month loan deal, and it may even go permanent. So we'll see where that goes. But William, good player uh, there in the Bundesliga. Uh, speaking of Schalke, Weston McKenney, of course, as you know, is an original member of Schalke, and he was loaned to Juventus. And I'm sure Weston probably thought that, you know, oh my gosh, I've gone to paradise, because not only did he get off a team that was in last place, but he went to a great team, Juventus, in the Serie A, and he has become good friends and is being taught, you know, sort of being brought under the wing of Ronaldo, which, I mean, anybody would, would you know, give their right arm for, Correct. So um, Weston McKinney doing uh, well. Uh, they're probably going to make that a permanent deal uh, to keep Weston at Juventus. Juventus is so impressed with him that they'll, uh, they're going to fork over the 18.5 million euros and keep Weston there uh, from Schalke. So, boy, Weston McKinney has really uh, done himself uh, good uh, there playing in Italy. Uh, Matthew Hopp, speaking of Schalke, Matthew Hopp, the American, uh, seven goals in five games. Boy, this kid has come out of nowhere and has got people talking in, in Germany and also around Europe. Uh, they're taking note. Uh, he has done a great job. He plays with enthusiasm. He knows where to be when the ball is in the penalty box. I was watching some video of him the other day, and his positioning is so amazing because there was a shot on goal. The goalkeeper made the save. There was a, a little bit of a mix-up there in the penalty box and people running around, and he knew exactly where to go, and he put the ball in the net. Uh, this guy is really good, and he's going to help the USA national team uh, here down the line. Uh, he's going to be a great asset, along with McKenney and Plisic and all those guys, along with Gio Reyna, too. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we're going to have a heck of a team on the field, folks, uh, when the U.S. men's national team takes the pitch. Okay, speaking of the U.S. men's national team, uh, 6 o'clock this Sunday. That's correct, 6 o'clock Sunday, the last day of January. Uh, they're going to play the uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, this is a friendly, uh, a great. Uh, it's a great matchup because uh, number one Trinidad and Tobago is a team we're going to see down the road, obviously, because they're in Concacaf, and so this will be a great time to get some guys out on the field, get them uh, used to the situation, and get a used to the way um, Trinidad and Tobago does uh, does their business on the pitch. So uh, we'll see how it goes uh, this Sunday, six eight six p.m. Fox Sports One, uh, six p.m. Central Time, seven o'clock Eastern Time. That's going to be USA national team against Trinidad and Tobago. Now we had a little bit of a, a dust-up uh, over this past weekend uh, there in Italy. Uh, and I can't imagine that happening in Italian football, right? Now, there's no emotion there, right? <laughs> there's plenty of emotion. Okay, we had Inter, Inter Milan, and Udinese playing. They came to a 0-0 draw. And uh, Antonio Conte, not uh, overly um, pleased, I would say, with referee Fabio Maresca of Italy, uh, to the point of being red-carded late in the match. 
Well, uh, that didn't really settle things because there was apparently a post-match confrontation down in the tunnel of the stadium between Mr. Conte and Mr. Maresca, and it wasn't to exchange business cards or get addresses for Christmas cards, okay? Uh, this was something that almost came to physical blows, and some Inter Milan players had to step in and kind of separate them there, so we're going to see where this all heads and leads because I think uh, Antonio Conte may be getting a multi-game suspension uh, from the Italian league for this little confrontation. Uh, also, Gabriele Oriali, <laughs> who's a very emotional guy himself. I remember Gabriele when he played. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, he used to get all fired up, even if it was a slight whistle. And um, he also got red carded in the game. So it was not a, a pretty situation. Uh, needless to say, Inter did get a point out of the whole thing, but it was a 0-0 draw. And so everybody has uh, settled at this point, but we'll see what happens down the road. Now, sad news to report in the world of football, and uh, I, I just I just can't believe this is this has taken place. Uh, Senegal soccer legend Papa Bouba Diop, uh, this guy was just amazing, has passed away at the age of 42. Um, very very sad to see this. Uh, he was diagnosed with ALS several years back, and it just, as you know, ALS is a very de degenerative disease. Uh, he is the man that scored the goal in 2002 that basically put France on the road to get out of the um, group session there in the 2002 World Cup and sent them packing. You remember in 1998, France won the World Cup in France. Then they came back in 2002 and couldn't get out of the group stage. And the goal that really sealed their fate was scored by Papa Bouba Diop of Senegal. Uh, très triste nouvelle à entendre. This is just a very, very sad situation. And uh, I'm heart goes out to the, uh, to the Diop family there in Senegal on his passing. He was a very, very good player. Okay, speaking of African soccer, let's move on to the African Nations Championship which, as I explained to you last week, is going on. This is a very short tournament, but it's the first tournament to be played on the African continent since the COVID enveloped the world. And so this is a major step forward to get people uh, back out to soccer matches and the country of Cameroon, merci beaucoup to Cameroon, for doing uh, uh, being the uh, bubble where they could all play. Uh, as I said, it's a, it's a group. It's four groups of four teams. And uh, each team has players that are based in their home country playing for club teams, not playing abroad, but playing for their home country. So uh, taking a look at Group A, it looks like Mali and Cameroon, the host country, are going to be through to the knockout stage. Mali with seven points, Cameroon with five. Then in Group B, uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo uh, leading that group with four points, but you've got Niger and Libya. Uh, right behind them at two points apiece, uh, a victory by either one uh, could uh, send either one through. So we'll see how that is determined by next week, uh, either Niger or Libya going through out of Group B. Now, Group C has got Morocco on top with four points. Apparently, Morocco has come around here in the past years and getting their uh, soccer program together. You know, they've been absent for a while from the world radar of football, and um, it's good to see them back because Morocco is always a great team to, to watch because they're fast and they know how to move the ball and they're very smart when it comes to moving the ball through the midfield. So I like I like I like Morocco uh, coming back and getting on the uh, getting on the radar, so to speak. Uh, they're leading Group C at four points. Then you've got Togo and Rwanda 
right behind. And Togo and Rwanda are going to play on Tuesday. Uh, that's uh, Togo's got three points, Rwanda two. And I'll tell you what, Rwanda has got the talent that they could possibly knock off Togo. So we'll see how it happens. But Togo's got a good team as well, so that'll be a good match. Now, on Wednesday, uh, if you get B in Sport Extra, you might want to tune in on this one because you got two games that are going to determine how Group D is going to figure it out. Uh, Guinea and Zambia are tied at the top with four points, then Tanzania with three, and Namibia is down at the bottom with just one point. Obviously, Namibia is out of it. But Tanzania, Zambia, and Guinea all could end up in first place and be the you know first one through. And then there's also a second uh, place slot available. So uh, Zambia is a very good team. Uh, Zambia is quite good, although you don't really hear about them. Uh, they got some players that are excellent. And uh, Guinea just as well. Guinea's got some great uh, talent as well as Tanzania. Uh, I don't see them getting into the final stage there at Qatar in the uh, World Cup or Qatar as it's pronounced. Um, but I see these guys, uh, th- these teams – uh, coming up here in the African qualifying uh, as, you know, being very close games and very, very good to watch. So that's uh, Guinea and Zambia, Tanzania and Namibia playing on Wednesday for the African Nations Championship next round. The final is February the 7th, as we've told you, in Yaoundé, which is the capital of Cameroon. Okay, let's take a look around the uh, European leagues now. A lot going on. Oh, my. Bundesliga. <laughs> Bayern Munich continues to put... Um, space between themselves and the rest of the league. Bayern Munich just doing very, very well. And, of course, there's one man that I can uh, pretty much point to that's helping Bayern Munich get this accomplished. And, of course, we talked about the change of coaching at the Polish national team. And when you think of Polish soccer, you can only think of one person, and that's Robert Lewandowski. Uh, Lewandowski has set all kinds of records, and he has done a great job at Bayern Munich, and he has got this team on full throttle. Uh, there's also great talent at Bayern Munich, don't get me wrong, but Lewandowski is the guy that uh, kind of is the glue up front that kind of makes this team hum. So Bayern Munich on top with 42 points. Then you got Leipzig at 35, Leverkusen at 32, then uh, Wolfsburg at 32. Oliver Glasner is doing a great job at Wolfsburg. Uh, they don't have a whole, whole lot of payroll to work with, but he has got this team just playing some lights-out football. And Munchen Gladbach continues to move right along 4-0-1 last five games, as well as Eintracht Frankfurt right behind them at 30 points. Then Dortmund at 29. Now, you know, Dortmund's got Gio Reyna and Erling Holland, and Holland's coming back from an injury. So um, Dortmund's kind of hit a hiccup here uh, in the standings, and I expect them to start moving back up the standings here uh, in the next few weeks. This is a team that's just loaded with talent. And, of course, Holland and Reyna up front are just amazing. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on Dortmund and see how they move up, uh, possibly move up the Bundesliga table as time moves on. Union Berlin at 28. Then Christian Streich and SC Freiburg. I don't know how this guy is doing this at Freiburg with the little payroll that he's got. Ninth place in the Bundesliga, 27 points. Just a great job by Christian Streich. And then Stuttgart at 22 points in the 10th place in Bundesliga. Moving over to Serie A down there in Italy, AC Milan and Inter Milan continue to go at it uh, at the top of the Serie A. Forty-three points for AC Milan, forty-one for Inter, and uh, this is this is going to be a a tooth and nail fight down to the absolute last whistle. Uh, just an amazing race going on here, and I know that line is getting drawn thicker and thicker there in Milan <laughs> between those two sides. Roma right behind these two at 37 points. So Roma's not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. And don't count the max because they got a great team. Juventus at 30, uh, 
at 36. And then Atalanta is also tied there at 36. Again, Atalanta, great, great team. Napoli at 34, Lazio at 34, and Ivan Juric is doing a great job at Verona. Who, who's heard of Verona, right? Coming up, coming, going, going around in the uh, it, Serie A, right? Verona is right there at 30 points. And uh, Ivan Jurnish doing a great job. Sassuolo at 30 points and Sampdoria at 26. La Liga down there in Spain. Atletico Madrid opening up room there at top of the uh, La Liga. 47 points. They're 5-0 in the last five games. Real Madrid, 40 points, 3-0-2. Yeah, Atletico Madrid, seven points clear of their crosstown rivals. Barcelona, 37 points, third place. Sevilla, 36. Villarreal, 34. Real Sociedad, 31. Uh, Alvaro Cervera continues to do a great job at Cadiz. Uh, Cadiz, uh, of course, as you know, first year in the La Liga front, you're being uh, promoted. They're still in 10th place in La Liga. And, you know, 10th place for this team is fabulous, just amazing, because they were up as far as like six, I think, at one time. And they're going to have ups and downs. But you know what? If he can keep them in the top 10, this guy should get coach of the year in Spain, hands down. Uh, Alvaro Cervera doing a great job at Cadiz. Okay, Ligue 1, Dans la France, PSG 45 points. But, hey, guess what? Lille is right with there with them at 45 points with Christophe Cotier uh, leading the charge. Uh, Rudy Garcia's got Lyon right there at 43 points. Uh, just some amazing coaching being done here around Europe. Monaco at 39 points. Julian Stephan's got Rennes at 36 right there in the middle of the top 10 at Ligue 1. Marseille at 32. Jean-Louis Gasset with Bordeaux. 32 points. Frederick Antonetti with Mets, 31. I mean, these are teams that are operating with small, small payrolls, and they're doing a great job. Lawns at 31 and Angers at 30. So a great uh, race there in League 1. Looking at the EPL. Now, there's a game we need to tell you about that happened in the EPL this past week that caught everybody by surprise. I mean, everybody in Europe by surprise. Um, Liverpool hosted Burnley. Uh, Burnley's in 15th place in the table, which is like, very close to the bottom, but not at the bottom, but close and uh, precariously close. So Burnley goes over to Liverpool and they start playing. And in the middle of the first half, Burnley is given a penalty kick. It was a legitimate penalty. Uh, goaltender came out, played the man instead of the ball, and Burnley buries it. Okay, so guess what? They're up one nothing, And for the next like 70 or 75 minutes, they hold off Liverpool and win the game 1-0. Caught everybody in Europe by surprise. So Liverpool loses to Burnley this past week, 1-0. But at the EPL, at the top, it's Man United with 40 points. I told you about old Gunner. Look what he's doing with this team, okay? Everybody's saying, oh, you know, he needs to go, and he's not doing his job, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this was the talk three or four weeks ago. Now, this guy's got the team at the top of the EPL, okay? So, take note. Man City, 38 with Pep Guardiola at the helm, of course. Leicester City, 38 also. Liverpool, 34. Don't worry, Jurgen Klopp's going to get Liverpool back up in there in that mix uh, very, very soon. Tottenham with 33, that's Josie Mourinho, and he'll never sit on uh, fifth place for sure. Everton at 32, West Ham, 32 points. David Moyes has got West Ham very quietly coming up the outside uh, there uh, in the top 10 at the EPL. So keep an eye on the hammers. Aston Villa at 29, Chelsea at 29, and Southampton at 29, rounding out the top 10 of the EPL. Now, coming up this week, Copa Italia. I don't know if anybody can get this, but if you can, try to get it. On Tuesday, Inter and AC Milan are going to play in Copa Italia. It's not the final, but it's uh, one of the games, I think, in the quarterfinals. Uh, Tottenham and Liverpool play on Thursday, NBCSN at 3 o'clock Eastern time. That's Thursday. 
Friday, Lyon-Bordeaux, great uh, French matchup, being in sport 3 o'clock Eastern time. Saturday, Leipzig-Leverkusen out of the Bundesliga, ESPN Plus at 12.30 Eastern. Uh, Palminas and Santos out of South America. It's a good game. Copa Libertadores action. That's going to be on BN Sport at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, Palminas and Santos, two storied franchises in South America. That'll be a great game. Then on Sunday, next Sunday, Cadiz and Atletico Madrid tangle. That'll be a great game. Uh, BN Sport, 10.15 Eastern time in the morning. Uh, USA Trinidad next Sunday, 6 p.m., uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be on Fox Sports 1. Um, and that's USA Trinidad. That will be a good game. That'll be a good uh, barometer to see how the USA team is shaping up against other CONCACAF-type talent. That'll be uh, it for uh, being sport, or rather for uh, kicks and dribbles this week. I'm Dan McClay. Thanks so much for tuning in. Merci beaucoup. Muchas gracias. Muito obrigado. Muito grazie. Uh, Lauren McClay, as you know, is the uh, technical producer of uh, Kicks and Dribbles. John Dang handles our sound. And D.C. McClay is in our ideas department. Uh, We will be back next week as usual, and we'll have all kinds of uh, different information for you and updates on different kinds of things regarding the world of soccer. Now, please, wash your hands. Social distancing six feet. We're going to try to get this pandemic uh, out of our lives and hopefully get back to normalcy as long as uh, having fans in the stands there in stadiums. Oh, and by the way, please don't let yourself get too many yellow cards. <laughs>